Life Audio. And so we're talking today, we're going to talk about why do we struggle? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. I heard, a, that was I heard a heavy breath that from over there, him, and it got me. Yeah, that was you, bro. I heard, I heard a heavy sigh, and it got producer me. Producer Carl cracked. Speaking of producer producer Carl and crack, you remember last episode? I do. Remember last episode? I do. We got some good chuckles in. Yeah, I mean, he was telling us how weak the nitro was, and yet he didn't complete... The five minutes. The five minutes. But kudos to him for being a, being a game. He was game. He did it. So, Carl, you know the that we, we have a contest, staring, who could stare first? <laughs> and you cracked. you remember the punishment? What? The other little nitro. Oh, where's it at? <laughs> Dang it, I thought I had it on me. I thought it was back here. It's not. I no, guess. no, 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 no. But today, hey, today we want to talk. Yes. A- <laughs> <laughs> like, no. that, that thing better hurting on you, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait till... Uh, well, what kind of past tense, but that footage that you got later that night. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It, it is good. It was good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Hey, so today we want to talk about uh, kind of a, a, a pro and con of something. But first, the next time life after addiction comes out of your mouth, <laughs> I think you need to do it correctly. And you need to say award-winning podcast, Life After Addiction. Put this up. You're looking at the award that we got from a, an award, a Christ-centered, a Christian, a faith-based award show in California. They gave us best show uh, for Life After Addiction. Wow. So, man, that is an honor. It is. Uh, really excited about that. Um, you know, and this is episode 53, and so... I feel like we're still kind of coming into our own, kind of getting used to it. Some things are going to be changing, maybe some um, some different views. Obviously, I talked about last week. If you if you missed it, please go and subscribe. The link will be in this um, in the show notes. Uh, we're starting a whole new YouTube channel just for life after addiction. It was encouraged that we do that, uh, and so we're we're uploading early episodes, and hopefully we catch up quick. And we only will be uh, publishing on that channel. Also, the Hope After Addiction, Addiction or Sister Ministry show notes, uh, the links for that. Please go watch that. That's going to be such a phenomenal um, resource for families. Man. Amen. And there's just really nothing out there. Amen. You know, besides like Al-Anon and stuff like that. But this is from two ladies. My wife is one of them. Uh, Chelsea McLeod, John McLeod's wife is the other, uh, who've just been through it. You know, yeah. And I remember my wife saying that she... <clears throat> was going through like the bookstore, even the Christian bookstore and trying to go down up and down the aisleways to find something that could help her when she was going through it, you know, and mm. inside of what we were doing, but, um, or what I was doing battling an addiction, but yeah, go check that stuff out, man. Thank you so much to the red letter awards and just, it, it is an honor, man. It's an honor to be, Amen. uh, awarded, um, and people to see that what we're doing is, is quality and, and, uh, engaging. Uh, we're doing it because out of obedience, uh, you know, we're not really <laughs> never really desired to do this kind of stuff. Uh, but we felt called to, and it's cool to see fruit of that. So Amen. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's super cool, man. 
And so we're talking today, we're going to talk about why do we struggle? Why do we struggle? And I want to dive into some of that um, here in just a minute. But first, let's take an early break. I'll come back. We'll kind of intro it. And then I know that uh, we'll just go back and forth off each other. Okay. Uh, during the break, why don't you go ahead and eat that other little nitro? That was, yeah. that was the... Yeah, that was the plan. He'll do it. On Whoever cracked break. first, and you have video footage, but he'll try to delay his. I almost cracked right when it started, which isn't like me. I know. And I then know. he said, <sighs> "He did." <laughs> huh? I, I could hear it though. Regardless, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. You definitely cracked. Yeah, I know. Because I was holding it up at the because I looked over too, and you kind of had one of the. You kind of had a little grin on you. Yeah, a little grin. Well, that's cracking. <laughs> Yeah, just don't just don't doctor it. All right, ready? We're going to be back after this uh, word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. And we're back, and we're back. So, um, again, I always say this, but if you're just listening, we play um, uh, Paper, Rock, Scissors. If you're watching and wondering why we've taken a break and did that, it's because on the audio only there's uh, sponsors and stuff on that. So, so yeah, why do we struggle? And, and I'm going to start off. I think biblically... Um, just the easiest answer, and it's not a it's not a cop out. It matters, but I think the reason that we struggle starts if you turn your Bible to Genesis chapter three, uh, and that's what is called the fall. Right? There was perfect unity with man, <clears throat> man and God, and in the garden. And this isn't fairy tales. This isn't uh, from a time and a place far, far away. This is the story of man, God's story of redemption. And it starts at Genesis 1, obviously, in creation and things like that. But then in Genesis 3, man stopped wanting to be like God, and man wanted to be God. We were tempted uh, and with the aspect of, hey, did God really say that? Oh, hey, what did, God just doesn't want you to have joy and whatever it is. And there was the, the sin entered into the world, and that caused separation. There was no disease, there was no pain, there was no struggles, there was no addiction, there was no divorce. There was nothing like that before Genesis 3. It was in perfect unity with God, with the Creator. After Genesis 3, and before we get mad you know, with Adam, Adam and Eve, we've all actively participated in that sin. It's not like we could wag our hand and shake our fist at Adam and Eve because, man, you messed it up for all of us. We could, but then it would be a hypocrite because we've actively participated in the sin game. And so sin brought in this pain, brought in this disease, brought in this uh, divorce, brought in this addiction, brought in this uh, separation from a perfect and holy God. So that's like the easy biblical answer. Now, if we want to boil that down and get more specific, and if we're talking about just addiction and why do we struggle, 
why is it so hard? Well, I mean, physically, right? There's, there's chemical agents that do physically cause you to be addicted. I, I would venture to say as well, it's vastly more mental. Um, my body was absolutely physically addicted to things. I mean, in the aspect of my body would hurt, hurt if I didn't have it. Yeah. But the mental aspect of it and the desire for it was way stronger than the physical, right? And although, here's the flip, the mental aspect of my brain would convince my body that I needed it too, right? And so it's crazy, and, and I'll give you an example. If, if you've done drugs and you've done, or you've even drank and things like that, here, here's my proof, ready? And if you're honest, if, if you've never battled with drugs, you're just going to have to trust me on this. I would be dope sick dope sick laying down hunched over on the toilet sweating physically sweating physically hunched over physically in pain everywhere physically whatever and it's just like the dope man he's not answering and, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the text comes in i'm ready see you in 30 hey get my clothes on it's the craziest thing ever on, get literally glasses on get in the car i'm listening to music i'm excited Wait a minute, how is that possible? Literally. I didn't get the dope yet. I mm. just know that I'm going to get it in 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden I feel good. It's incredible. It's, a, it's crazy. It, the, the mind is a powerful thing, and that's why the Bible says that you must have a renewed mind by the renewal of your mind. Um, and so kind of the why. Why do we struggle? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down in that vein. Physically, mentally, um, spiritually, and, and, and theologically, I would say it's idolatry. Right. And again, we don't get any, (laughs) we don't get a lot of followers and subscribers when we have these hard conversations like this, but it is the truth. And the Bible says you proclaim the truth. You, you, you be agents of reconciliation. It talks about being truth. I I always encourage us to be truth agents, right? The Bible says, if you'll know the truth, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It talks about Jesus being, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So the truth is, is when we choose um, bootleg, cheap substitutes, it only causes more pain. And here's what I mean. Choose them other than the promises of God. Choose them other than when you are weary, all who are heavy laden, come to me, all who are heavy laden and weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your soul. That's a promise of God. That's a command of God. All of believers should turn to him in those times of struggle, in those times of need. And God says he gives us rest. Other times in, in, in different scripture, he talks about giving us peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in all things, through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, and the peace from God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He'll give you a peace that is not... You cannot understand. You cannot say, hey, this is a logically makes sense that God's given me this peace. No, it's in, the, in a time of unpeace, in a time of chaos, in the time of anxiety uh, in context of the Scripture. There's a peace that comes that does not make sense, and it's because that we've prayed, we've given God thanks, we've let Him know our struggles, although He already knows that there is a peace. And so we struggle because we believe our way is better. We want instant gratification from a pill, from a drink, from a smoke, from a a video, from a, a picture, 
from uh, approval of someone, from uh, status of a job. And so we go and kill ourselves to get higher and higher and higher ranked. Whatever it may be, we, we chase after things that are really damaging, really um, robbing from us. Although there might be a brief moment of gratification, I have too sound of a mind, and so do you, to know that the history of any doing drugs is always ends badly. Not only ends bad, the whole journey's bad. 10 minutes of gratification, 30 minutes, depending mm-hmm. on your drug or drug. It's like, and then it's just robbing from you, right? It's like your family, it's your lying now, and all of these other things to work. Or one sin of idolatry where I chose bootleg pleasures over the glory of God and his promises now turn into I'm having to lie. Now I'm having to cover this up. Oh, I have feelings of shame and guilt. I got to numb that too. We struggle because we don't understand the gospel. We struggle because we don't believe, Christian, what we say we believe. And I'm guilty too, guys. I'm guilty too. We already took a break, right? Yes. I'm guilty too, guys. The last, I mean, this is what? This is October now. Man, September was a hard month uh, for a lot of people. Man, there, we went. I went to two funerals in six days of men that that we loved and poured into. Like, not just I don't know. And I, I've obviously I've gone to funerals and stuff like that before, but I didn't deal with that perfectly. Uh, I struggled inside of that. Uh, I allowed myself to go probably into a deeper depression than I should. I allowed those thoughts of guilt and shame of what could I have done different to fester and manifest themselves longer than I should. Uh, so I don't do this perfectly. Uh, you know, I'll tell you that. But one thing I did is I, I had to preach to myself. Like I'm preparing a lesson or I'm preparing a, for a podcast or preparing for catapult or something like that. And the very thing that I'm preparing for someone else, I, I'm realizing, God, you say this to me. You tell me that if I'm weary, and heavy laden that I can have rest for my soul. And maybe that's kind of triggering something. Maybe that's the key. We don't think it's for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just opening doors and throwing out things to see if they stick. We're kind of just doing this. This this is a podcast we wanted to kind of organically climb through, had a topic. But man, I think I had to start preaching to myself. I had to preach the gospel to myself, preach the gospel to, I believe, um, Martin Luther has a quote about that, but I had to preach the gospel to myself and remind myself of these truths. And the Adam, I, you believe this stuff, man, prove it, prove it, open your Bible, prove it, call someone, prove it, worship in a time that worship almost tastes bad. Turn the radio on, worship God, draw to him, come to me. Well, how do I come to him? I open up his word. I pray. I talk to him. I worship him. That's how you come to God and he'll give you rest for your soul. Mm. Mm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. (laughs) Praise you, man. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. 
Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. We're back. We're back. So uh, I'm about to hand it off to you. Uh, just kind of, yeah, man, we, we, we struggle. Why do we struggle? We yeah. laid out the why. Uh, we, we laid out, I laid out a personal kind of gig. And like, yeah. um, by the time I got to Catapult of that week, so I came into Catapult on two wheels flying in or driving as fast as I could from one funeral to get there. And by that time I'd gone through so much of the process of grieving, but also practicing what I preach, man. I was at a place of righteous anger, you know, uh, mm-hmm. about this. And it wasn't like anger. It was righteous anger towards sin. Yeah. Uh, and then after that catapult, man, I, I, it was interesting. It was, it was called Be Bold as a Lion. And um, some guys came on stage at the end and prayed over me. And it was not like guys that were like, hey, I want attention or, hey, I want him to like me. It was like that was hard for this guy to do. Mm-hmm. Like he's shy. Like he did. He would not get up there, and I was like, "Man, that's a bold move. That was, you're bold as a lion." I pre- I received that man. He prayed over me. Mm. It was an SR. Yeah, he prayed over me, and um, I don't know. After that catapult, man, I've, 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 it clicked for me. I had rest from my soul, man. Yeah, I had rest from my soul. Yeah. Yes to everything you just said. Um, yes to everything you just said. You know why we struggle is a multifaceted response to that. You know, an answer obviously due to sin. Uh, but even more so within that, um, like you said, I think it's just because we rely on our own understanding and desire to do things that make sense to us. And I'm going to point um, our listeners to a verse because this is where I get it wrong. When I'm struggling most, this is what I forget. And it's in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. And it says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand mm. forever. And it just reminds us of the reliability of the promises of God. It's the only thing that doesn't fade. It's the only thing that stays true from day after day to generation after generation. And it's like Hmm. when I rely on my own thoughts, when I rely on my own feelings, when I rely on my own understanding, it never fails. It just takes me to a place of depression. It takes me to a place of anxiety. It takes me to a place of stress. It takes me to a place of worry, you know, um, you brought it up earlier and I kind of touched on it when we were talking before this, but I was teaching a couple of weeks ago and I came in just in one of those head spaces that is just like overwhelmed and questioning things and just in a bad spot. And I think I taught on self-control or something like that. And it was one of those messages where like, praise God for his spirit, man, because it was all him had nothing to do with me. Like I don't possess the ability to, to, convey his word in a manner in which I did, but I felt him ministering to me as I'm teaching these things, these Mm. biblical truths, you know, um, about who God is, about who they are in Christ, um, about how his power is made perfect in our weakness, all these different things I'm teaching to them and proclaiming them as truth. And I know for certainty, I believe it for this man. I believe it for that man. I like, I know it with certainty. Like my brother, if you hold fast to these biblical virtues, he will do a mighty work in your life. Yeah. But I also realized in that moment, I've been struggling to believe that for myself. Mm. And like, 
I believe that in my spirit, like I know his word to be true. I've seen it so many times in my life. I've witnessed it. I've watched it. I've been a part of it. Like I've seen God move in the mightiest of ways. So it's not in a sense questioning his, his existence and who he says he is. I know that. But for whatever reason, applying his promises to my life and to me personally, making this personal to me. Man, it can be difficult, that transition, those 18 inches from your head to your heart. That can be the furthest 18 inches life ever knows. Mm. And it's so true because, gosh, I like preach to myself, like, Ryan, believe what his word says. Like, believe it to be true for you the same way you believe it for the next man. Believe it for you. And it goes back to what I was saying, you know, but the word of our God will stand forever. It's like am I in this enough? And when I am mm. in it, it was like the word he gave me when I was at church a few, few months ago. It's like, are you here at church? Are you here? Or are you here seeking big difference, mm. big difference? Am I here seeking or am I just here to be here to say I did it to make my conscience feel better and to move on? I know we say that a lot. I know we talk about it a lot. I know it's a Christianese kind of thing to say, are you reading your word? Are you praying? But man, there's so much truth to that. And what I've noticed, even in my own life, and I know people can relate to it, my my flesh doesn't want to hear that truth. Mm. I don't want someone to ask me if I've been praying, you know, when I'm struggling. I don't want somebody to ask me if I've been in my word when I'm struggling. I don't want them to ask me those things, you know, because that's not the solution. It's not just that. It's not that easy. Yeah. And then let's touch there for a minute. Yeah. Let's camp there. Because that's interesting. Now, I feel that all over, you know, that, mm. that resonates. Why is that? And, and, and not only that, but... Okay, here we go. <laughs> Obviously, we've seen that with men we've ministered to. We know they don't want to hear that, and we understand why. We can even understand why we don't want to hear that. We can get in that space and understand, like, and it's like, it's more than that. Like, you're not hearing me. You yeah. don't feel. But even when we give that leeway, it gives the world leeway to double down on that. Like, oh, yeah, do that cute stuff. That's mm-hmm. fine. Go ahead and do that. But the real solution is this. Yeah. Let me load you up with more medication. Yeah. What medication? Oh, the medication. Um, well, who's making it? The same people that made that stuff. They got everybody addicted. The same people are making this stuff. But it's fine this time. Trust us. Trust us. This is what you should do. Anyways, why... Why do we do that? And, I, and I'll offer it and I'll pass it to you. Yeah. I think it's because we want validation for our feelings. 100%. That's exactly why. I also think it comes from a victim mentality. Yes, it does. And, and the culture that we live in, we've talked about this before, the culture that we live in is you are the currency of the day. You are the wealthiest person if you are the most victimized and the most, um, what's the word I always forget? Um, you are the most victimized, I guess, yeah. or, or you're a, not abused, but you're the most, um, I know what you're thinking yeah. of, but I can't think of the word, but yes. it's sad. We've been created. And even in the recovery space, man, you will be victimized. I talked about this a few, a couple of weeks ago at catapult and I, I refuse to do that. Victimizing you keeps you in a pit of despair for the rest of your life. You will be an addict or an alcoholic. If you're a victim period, you can go ahead and identify that way. If you'd like, uh, because that's not the stance that we're taking. Why? Because that's not what the Word of God says. Yeah. And we just talked about the Word of God. What was the verse you read? It's what? Isaiah 40, verse 8. And it's true forever. Yes. It, there, there's, it doesn't go away. Not one thing will be erased. This is the truth. The Word of God does not victimize you. 
And if you come from a victimized mindset, and so I get it. I understand where you're coming from. Now we can even be into the shoes of the men that we minister to. But if we can understand now and we can address it now, then we can remind ourselves of it then. It was, it's wanting to be heard. Mm-hmm. No, you don't understand, man. I loved my wife or I loved my kids and now I don't see them. Or I can't believe that cop did this, man. I really didn't do this. Or you're not hearing me. And we're like, no, man, we hear you. So what do you think? Why do you think besides that? But there might not be more than that. I don't know. I think exactly what you touched on um, because our flesh desires to fight things in a different manner Mm. that's contrary to the spirit, you know? So it tells us the desires of the flesh, just a few of them are fits of anger, rivalries, divisions, dissensions, drunkenness, like, and things like these. Like, that's how when I'm mad, I desire to be mad. Yeah. When I'm depressed, I desire like... And and I know people understand what I'm saying within that. Obviously, no one wants to be depressed. Right. But when you are, for whatever that weird reason, it's like, no, I'm going to justify why I'm depressed. Yeah. You need to know these reasons why I am. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be depressed. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to, you know, be anger in certain, uh, angry in certain ways because there's righteous anger. But, you know, whenever you have those fleshly feelings, like you desire to be there to an extent. Yeah. Like, man, I desire to be here and this is why. And I'm going to tell you why. And it's once again, like you said, it's that victim mentality of like, let me show you why I'm in the dumps. That way I can stay in the dumps and I'm making a case to stay in the dumps and I don't want you to try and get me out of the dumps. I want to stay here. Yeah. Even though that's not what the spirit of God inside of us wants. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's like, it's a weird psychological gig there that I don't think we would say in that moment that this is what we desire, but absolutely everyone knows what he's talking about. I felt it. It's like, it's almost it's almost like it's our comfort area. Mm-hmm. Like in this spit of rage, in this depression, in this anxiety. Well, I don't know about anxiety, but depression, anger. Just jealousy. Whatever it is, jealousy. It could be jealousy. It could be I, critical. It could be whatever your struggle is. Yeah. Like I might proclaim I want out of this, but I won't take a step towards it. And it's not because depression is so crippling, although depression can be crippling. Yeah, and it's a real thing. It's because I want, I, this is where I'm comfortable. This pit is now my home. And I've hanged pictures on the wall. I've put some places here. And this is what I know. I would never think that or say that out loud that I want to stay in this pit. But that is a thousand percent the truth. That's the feeling that I have. Mm-hmm. I, like I, And anything that comes up against that, I almost kind of lash out at. Yeah. What? Read the Bible? That's what you're telling me to do? Yeah, man. I'm not. Like God's word is. Yeah. What? Come to God and everything's fine? Yeah, yeah man. I know it sounds not what you want to hear, but kind of pray with you. I, I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. I think it's definitely something to that stemming back to Genesis three in the fall. And so I think just not giving up. Yeah, you know, like pressing in the feelings that you're feeling, especially for like guys that are coming out of addiction. If you're if you're within a year of stopping or something like that, the flood of emotions that you're feeling is normal. Like you've numbed emotions and thoughts and feelings for a long time. The flood of the stuff is normal and stay in the fight. But if you're three, five, three, five, ten years out and you're still having these feelings, it's still normal. It's still normal. God gave us feelings. And guess what? We live in a world that we are not in perfect unity with God. There's imbalances. There really is depression. There really is anxiety. Mm-hmm. There really is these type of things. But how you deal with that, our God is bigger than those things. Amen. And in the moment of, like, I've been so depressed before that I didn't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And by saying I didn't want to get out of bed, I didn't get out of bed. Yeah. Right? 
I've had so much anxiety before I would change plan. Like I wouldn't go places, you know? Yeah. And so I know that it's real, but I also know that when you do the things that God's word, it's not S2L saying, Hey, do these things. It's S2L approved or it's life after addiction approved. No, we're doing, we're saying these things because it's the word of God. Like God says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest for your soul. God can't lie. And when we're in these places of funk, it's almost like we are calling God a liar. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't even like just saying that. Yeah. But that's what it is. And we could dummy it up and say, oh, well, we're not saying that. We're basically saying it doesn't work for me. But no, we're calling God a liar. Yeah. So the question, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to reiterate what you said, you know, and we're not, we're not diminishing anxiety and depression because even actually before this podcast started, I was telling you and Carl, like I've, I've struggled with those things yeah. like immensely. Yeah. I really do. So I'm not dismissing those, those people who do struggle with that. And there's some psychology behind that. But like you said, For I sure. know the power of God. Yeah. Like, and I've battled those things in the spirit before and found a place in Christ where it's like, man, I'm resting in his word. Yeah. And there's true rest that comes through prayer. There's true rest that comes from fear. There's true rest that comes from my inadequacies and for feelings of inadequacies. And man, there's true rest in Christ. And so I know all those, those are things that I struggle with. I also know what God's word tells me. And so I know that I don't have to be in bondage to those things. I don't have to be enslaved to those things. I don't have to justify why I'm feeling those ways because it almost just puts me in a bigger pit when I am struggling with my depression, when I am struggling with anxiety. Ryan coming up with excuses as to why I'm feeling that way does no good for me in any way, shape or form. I'm almost trying to convince myself to be in that place and remain there instead of remembering like the word of the Lord remains forever. Yeah. Forever. Like test his word to be true and yeah. you will, you will see that it is. Yeah, and let me just be real clear too. And this goes out to anyone who's listening, not just someone who struggle with addiction or if you've got a few years and you think you could check out. When I say numbing, like you don't want to you want to stay in the pit. You want to you want to you don't want to do these things. You want to numb these bad feelings. Let me let me explain something to you just just kind of very clearly. This is numbing. Netflix, a show, just vegging out is numbing. You know what it's also doing? The, the design of the world, I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but at one point in an interview, you'd have a shot for one minute. A straight shot, no cuts. Today, it's like every three seconds, you're getting a new cut, a new cut, a new cut, a new cut. Go watch a commercial. Go watch any commercial and watch how often it's to keep our attention because the world's designed now to keep our attention and sell us something that we don't need or tell us how horrible our lives are without this. Now, that being said, when the word of God says, come to me, all who are weary, and we've listed off those ways, be in God's word, prayer, have good fellowship and uh, call to action. But I'd say worship, worship. When that's how you come to God and then he promises peace, man, imagine you have to have a discipline because what I want to do is I want to lay in bed and just scroll. Mm-hmm. I want to watch YouTube videos mm-hmm. for two hours and just numb. I'm not thinking about anything. But then in two hours, guess what? It's feel the exact same way. Or worse. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, hey, have a discipline not to numb. Maybe it's not a pill or a drink or a snort or a smoke or whatever or a, a porn. Yeah. Maybe it's, man, you're just, you're not doing these things because you're so distracted. I really believe we've got to make time and be disciplined, man. And that's, we were talking with a guy, um, Pastor Scott Horde. Uh, and he was just talking about uh, potentially doing some things for men and leadership and like getting away, yeah, like getting in the mountains, you know, putting the stuff down. I really encourage you, if this is you, if this is speaking to you, and I know that it is, because if not, you don't have a pulse. But if you don't struggle, you don't have a pulse. I feel encouraged, and this is not something that we plan on talking about, but it's like, hey, if I'm in the funk, if I'm in the pit, and I've noticed I've started putting up some, uh uh, pictures and putting carpet down and decorating, put, yeah. decorating and putting my lamp there. And I don't, I don't want to get out of it. It's, it's comfortable and I'm getting angry at spiritual things. Like I'm getting angry at someone posting something about the Bible. I've got to check myself there and say, Hey, turn it off, turn it off before I go anything else, before I do anything else, before I've got to turn it all off and I got to do what I know. I got to do what I preach to other people to do. Yeah. That's for me. But for you, and maybe you don't preach to other people, I've got to do what God's word says I got to do. And I can't have distractions. Because even now as I, we're podcasting, my phone, his phone, well, his is probably off because he's smart. My phone's blowing up. And there's a piece of me, I'm fine now because I'm doing this, but there's a piece of me that's like torn to that. That I've got to check what that is. I've got to see what that is. This is this turned into the technology episode, yeah. but it's true. It's numbing. And so, man, I'm talking about now, I, and I don't do this, and I'm about to start, and I'm going to join you with it because it's kind of revelation of this, just talking about it. It's turn it off. Turn yeah. everything off. Everything off. Unplug from the world. And I, I keep saying in every episode I'm not a conspiracy theory, but it sounds kind of like I am. The, uh, the world's designed you to, you know what I mean? It's designed to keep you engaged, which is true, I yes, think. Yes, it is. But it's like, man, I've got to turn everything off. I mean, that's there's so many electronic devices. I've got a computer here, a phone here. we got three cameras here, a computer over there. And it's like, i I got a Bible here on my desk. Two, actually. And, I mean, think about it. Think about if that's what we, we started doing, if that's what you do. If you just turn it off and be still. And know that he is God. How much, how much, what that would do. Let's try that. Let's challenge ourselves and our viewers. You got seven days of life after, to your next life after addiction. When the going gets tough, and by golly, it will yeah. this week. The, this, this episode is for me. And like for me. It's, for, it's, the Lord is in this moment is just like, speaking to me it's like like i was saying in class like when you proclaim certain things but it's like okay proclaim is one now let me practice let me practice these yeah. let me practice these let me practice these truths because i needed to hear these words i needed to hear these words thank you lord thank yeah. you jesus thank you father like i needed to hear these things that were spoken about today i needed those personally yeah. Let me let me have some scripture here and and yeah. then and then Carl you can add something if you want and then we'll we'll cut it. But here here's John 14 verse 25 through 27 it says this. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. This is Jesus speaking. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Mm. And there's so many complimentary verses I could talk about with peace. Um, Why do we struggle? If you're listening to this or watching this, even us in the room right now, uh, we struggle because of Genesis 3. Absolutely, the answer to Genesis 3 is not more death and decay. And what I mean by that is the world. So if we could just shut things off, shut things off. Maybe you're watching this episode and you're feeling this. As soon as we finish, turn it off. Unplug the joker if you have to. Literally power down your phone. And give yourself 10 minutes every day for seven days. That's the challenge. Yeah. For seven days until next Friday, every morning, afternoon, evening, whatever your time period is, maybe you talk about doing a devotion and praise God that you do. But what if we turned it all off for 10 minutes? Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to it I'm going to do it. And we turn it all off just for 10 minutes. Yeah. And let's see if the promises of God are true. Mm. And let's chase after him. The only thing that I might not turn off, I might have some worship music playing in the background and I'll have to figure it off. I have to figure that out because it can't be my phone. So I might have worship music because God uses that to really stir my affection for him. And, and, and it puts me in the right place. And I have experience of that. And I do that all the time still, but I'm going to commit to doing it. Uh, because why do we struggle because of Genesis three, but I also know that, um, man, I've been crucified with Christ, right? It's no longer I who live. So I, I don't want to be in that dead man's mind space. Yeah. I want to be in the life and the, in the alive man, you know, the man of God. Amen. Carl. Whew. It's powerful. Really powerful. Um, there's something that Chitty always says that, um, has stuck with me and a lot of people. He says like 10 out of 10 times me versus addiction, I lose. And, um, it's the same for everything that we just talked about, man. You versus anxiety, you lose. You versus depression, you lose. You versus hopelessness, you lose. But Jesus versus those things, you win. Mm. So give it to him. Mm. Give it to him. And let him fight the battle that he's already won. We love you guys. And that's life. Come on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L dot net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit S2LRecovery.org. That's S, the number two, LRecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? 
It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.